Good morning, and welcome to Simply Economics. It's Friday, March 1st. On today's show, Nebraska's leading economic indicator rises 0.58%, and Tritax flags improving development economics. Plus, we'll explore the economic impact of migrant labor in the United States. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Economics. We start off with a look at Nebraska's leading economic indicator, a measure designed to predict economic activity six months into the future, which rose in January. According to the latest report from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, the indicator increased by 0.58%. Here with more on this is Abby, a correspondent for Simply Economics. Can you explain what this rise means for Nebraska's economy? Certainly, David. The rise in the leading indicator suggests that Nebraska's economy will grow at a moderate pace through mid-2024. This is according to Eric Thompson, the director of the Bureau of Business Research and a professor of economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. What are the components of Nebraska's leading economic indicator? The leading economic indicator is made up of six components, business expectations, building permits for single-family homes, airline passenger counts, initial claims for unemployment insurance, the value of the U.S. dollar, and manufacturing hours worked. Which of these components showed significant improvement in January? Two components showed significant improvement. Nebraska businesses reported plans to increase both sales and employment over the next six months. Additionally, the Nebraska job market strengthened in January. Initial claims for unemployment insurance fell during the month suggesting that Nebraska businesses see sufficient demand to support their current workforce. What does this mean for the people of Nebraska? This is generally good news for the people of Nebraska. An increase in the leading economic indicator suggests that the state's economy is on an upward trajectory. This could mean more job opportunities and potentially higher wages for workers. However, it's important to note that these are predictions for the future, and actual outcomes may vary. That was Abby from Simply Economics, providing us with valuable insights. Now, let's shift our focus to the world of construction and real estate, where cost pressures are reportedly easing. Meanwhile, Merlin has incurred a loss after a drop in valuation, and Stars has provided a 26 million loan to Bartra for a co-living asset in Dublin. Here to delve into these developments is our correspondent from Simply Economics. Let's start with the easing of construction cost pressures. Can you tell us more about that? Certainly. The construction industry has been grappling with cost pressures for a while, largely due to supply chain disruptions and rising material costs. However, recent reports suggest that these pressures are beginning to ease, which could potentially lead to more stable pricing in the industry. That's a positive development for the industry. Now let's move on to Merlin. They've incurred a loss after a valuation drop. Can you shed some light on this? Yes, Merlin, a prominent player in the real estate sector, has reported a loss. This comes after a significant drop in the valuation of their assets. The specifics of the loss and the reasons behind the valuation drop are yet to be disclosed. Interesting. And what about the loan STARS has provided to Bartra for a co-living asset in Dublin? STARS has indeed provided a 26 million loan to Bartra. 
This loan is intended to support the development of a co-living asset in Dublin. Co-living has been gaining traction as a housing solution, particularly in urban areas with high rental costs. This move by STARS could be seen as a strategic investment in this growing sector. That's certainly a trend to watch. Now, there are also reports of a 150 million euro Ronin portfolio sale on the horizon. What can you tell us about that? Details are still emerging, but advisors have been appointed for the potential sale of a portfolio owned by Ronin, which is valued at around 150 million euros. The portfolio's composition and the potential buyers are yet to be disclosed. Thank you for those insights, Celeste. Speaking of economics, despite concerns about the resources being used to handle the influx of migrants at the border, data shows that migrants are becoming an increasingly essential part of the U.S. economy. Here to discuss this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Economics. Can you tell us more about this trend? Certainly, David. There are many stories of migrants who are highly qualified and searching for work. For instance, Barbara Cummings, a resident of San Diego, has helped nearly 100 migrant families settle in the city. She currently has two Afghan men living at her home who worked closely with U.S. forces in Afghanistan. Despite their skills and capabilities, they are often found doing jobs like yard work. So, what kind of jobs are these migrants typically doing? Well, despite their qualifications, many migrants are working in jobs like DoorDash, Uber Eats, Amazon Flex, and as Lyft drivers. However, it's important to note that these individuals come from a wide range of disciplines, including pediatricians, dentists, architects, satellite designers, and diplomats. And how significant is their contribution to the U.S. labor force? According to data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor, foreign-born individuals now make up 18.7% of the labor force. A nonpartisan analysis by the Congressional Budget Office suggests that immigration from 2022 through 2026 is projected to expand the labor force and increase economic growth. It's also expected to stimulate the construction of new homes during the second half of the 2020s. What about the taxes these migrants contribute? Migrant rights advocates like Benjamin Prado, program coordinator of the American Friends Service Committee, point out that many migrants do contribute in taxes, but don't see the benefits that U.S. citizens do. He estimates that the labor that migrant workers contribute to this country is in the billions of dollars. That was simply economics reporter Michael with a significant contribution. Now, let's shift our focus to Iron County, where businesses are grappling with economic challenges. River North Bar and Grill, a local business in Iron River, has had to scale back its opening hours due to a lack of customer traffic, likely caused by the rising prices of essential goods. Here with us to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Economics. Can you tell us more about the situation in Iron County? Certainly, David. The economic challenges faced by businesses in Iron County are multifaceted. On one hand, the rising prices of essential goods, such as groceries and gas, have reduced the residual income that people have to spend on leisure activities. This has led to a decrease in customer traffic at places like River North Bar and Grill. On the other hand, a mild winter has also reduced the winter tourism traffic that many businesses in the area rely on. So it's a combination of factors. How have businesses been coping with these challenges? Businesses have had to make adjustments. River North Bar and Grill, for example, has scaled back its opening hours. Co-owner Michael McCarthy, 
mentioned that they've seen a slowdown since around July or August, which is usually a period that helps carry them through the leaner winter months. Now, they're looking at holding additional events to attract more customers. And what about the local authorities? Are they doing anything to address these issues? Yes, the Iron County Economic Chamber Alliance is actively involved. The Chamber's director, Zach Hautala, has said that they're collecting data about the slowdown to find a solution. They've reached out to their members, particularly those in the service industry, to understand their losses. Once they have this information, they plan to work with state and regional resources to see if there's any relief or assistance available for these businesses. It's a tough situation for these businesses in Iron County, and we'll certainly be keeping an eye on how things develop. Thanks to our Simply Economics reporter, James, for that report. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Economics. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>